We're not silly ever. <laughs> is this where you start the podcast? Hey guys, it is Fly Alyssa. It is Cockpits and Cocktails 2021 season two. My co-host, Natalie Fly Girl Kelly. We are back at you and we are so excited for season two. We hope that you enjoyed season one as much as we did. So thank you for sticking in there with us. Thank you for learning with us. And we look forward to having you this season. I'm pumped. Are you? Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right, Natalie. So so what do you got? What, what do we have for them this year? What do you think is going to happen in this year's podcast? Well, you know, you and I, of course, have talked a lot. and We get a lot of feedback from friends and from um, listeners and it's been interesting to kind of come together and some of our supporters and, you know, people that are interested in really getting behind the podcast have offered up suggestions of things to do. So one of them was that we would video our podcast and make them available on YouTube. So we're going to be doing that. Yay. Means we're going to have to like look decent half the time. I now. know. I know makeup and you know no t-shirts and like frumpy hair so we have to actually look really good <laughs> or as good as we possibly can right. <laughs> we hope you guys will get on over and like and follow subscribe all the YouTube all the podcast uh, we will be very inclusive for everybody this year trying to be a little bit better um, on all the streams. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, of course, that you and I have talked about have been incorporating some giveaways. Oh, because who hates a giveaway, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we have some um, relationships with some people in aviation, and they are excited about this podcast and, and offered up suggestions on things that they could do to help. And, you know, they're all into, if you're in aviation, then you want to support others in aviation. So they're like, Hey, what can we do? We've talked about it. We've collaborated a little bit with some ideas and there are several um, companies and organizations that want to help out and are willing to donate some items. So we're going to incorporate some kind of ways where you listen to the podcast and we'll give either like a, a hint, a password, something like that, that you can can enter on, on the Fly Girl website that will put you in for the giveaway. We haven't really 100% worked out the details, but that's sort of what we're thinking, right? So definitely stay tuned in all of the episodes and definitely listen for those keys because we are going to try to uh, throw in some fun giveaways for you guys and also keep you on your toes and see if you're actually listening. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. So last season, uh, our first season, I can't believe that whole year went by so fast. There were some really great guests. Um, some of, I mean, I wouldn't say some of my favorites. I mean, they were all my favorites, but I enjoyed um, Aaron and Nicole and Patty, of course. Um, Sandra, someone I've gotten to know. And what about you? What were some that you remember? Oh, I mean, I still, I have goosebumps right now. I don't know if you can see that, but uh, I think about Heather Penny's like riveting story from 9-11. 
And every time I tell somebody that story and that's the podcast, I tell people to like, go listen to this because you cannot miss that one. Um, yeah, I agree. That's a really it's, good one. It's been really great to learn more about the different aspects of aviation that you get and get into with Patty and um, her aerobatics and Sandra and doing the corporate flying and um, flight attendant job uh, yeah. to fighter pilot to aircraft sales, um, avionics sales. Like it, there's so much out there and yeah, it, it, like I thought flying airplanes was aviation, but it's, it's this bigger entity of women and people. Yeah. And, um, True. I think it's so awesome to hear their stories and get to learn more about the ins and outs of the entire industry. Absolutely. And I think, you know, because of course, 2020 was just, it's just been a crazy year crazy. with COVID and, and everything. And, and initially, you know, you and I like to go to air shows and as much as possible. I'm not sure if we could have done that and have done all these podcasts, you know, with these great guests and how that would have worked. So maybe it was kind of like a, a blessing in some way that we could actually take the time to do these podcasts and, and dig a little bit deeper in some of the history and, and learn a little bit more about these women. I don't know how thorough we could have been if we were doing the whole air show thing. Now I'm not saying I don't want to do that because of course I do, but. Yeah, and and yeah. their schedules. It's like, you know, even trying to do it this year, we had to respect each other's schedules and you know, our time. And so, you know, we all have different jobs and careers that we're in and then, you know, they're doing the air shows and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely hard. And uh, I guess I'm really thankful for the last year and getting to know these women and connecting to so many female aviators that um, I think this was a great year to start. So totally, totally. And now, you know, we, we can say that we're friends with Patty Wagstaff and maybe she can get us on the, uh, what's that, that uh, center stage or whatever they call it. On the, at the air shows right in the center like the podium like, yeah like right there maybe now that we have this connection she can get us in there <laughs> I mean phone a friend yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> make connections and you know that's the craziest thing is like anybody in aviation wants to talk about aviation so it's really fun to get into a conversation. And I think you and I have both learned that you really don't know what to expect. Like, I think we have a game plan of how our podcast is supposed to go in the beginning. And then sometimes it goes in like these crazy directions that you're like, whoa, I had no idea it was going there. But True. I think yeah. that's the beauty of it as well. Yeah. And we try to let the guests kind of lead the way and talk about what they want to talk about. And that's how we probably typically learn the most. You know, if we were just sticking to questions all the time, we may not get a real in-depth behind the scenes, behind the person kind of story. Yeah. If you guys can't tell, this is not scripted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. no. Not a scripted podcast. We like to have fun, keep it light and yeah, let our guests guide the way. And I, I think about most of the year we did um, one guest at least per month, sometimes two. Um, yeah. And we then started doing some uh, recaps and things. Mm -hmm. And 
I think this year uh, we had the idea that we both learned so much when we did trivia nights and lives. Mm -hmm. I think we learned a lot and I, I really loved that part of it. So I hope that we can incorporate a little bit of, you know, the history um, behind these women and behind the women that, you know, laid the foundation for us in aviation and kind of paved the way. So I think yeah. I'm really excited for that this year as yeah. well. Yeah. So one of the things you and I talked about um, yesterday, I guess, was, you know, really digging more into, you know, a lot of these women that we talked to were trailblazers. I mean, Patty Wagstaff, Nicole Malikowski, Heather Penny. Um, and it really made us think about, okay, so, you know, what else do we not know about right. and female pilots in the past? And there's a lot, you know, that yeah. we don't know. Um, yeah. So you and I did, uh, we did some reading. Um, we actually got most of this information off the women in aviation.org um, uh, website. They have a great article on there about the 100 most influential women in uh, aviation. And I think there's probably some things that really stood out to you. Some things that really stood out to me that I thought we could talk about. And um, hopefully, you know, all the listeners will be intrigued and really want to do some of their own research. And I love it when like one particular story really resonates with me. And once and it's like, I want to know more about that person. And then you just start finding books or things like that on them. And that just expands your knowledge. Yeah. I think the coolest thing was like learning a little bit about the wasp with uh, Aaron this year. And that kind of stemmed my ideas of man, I really want to read more and learn more. And I think some people had given me some, you know, aviation type books, but they were actually about love stories and this kind of thing. But it's crazy how they all kind of link in and they're actually like names that will poke out to you that are in this list. And yeah. it's kind of like is full circle. Right. Um, because yeah. I think like, oh yeah, remember that person. Yeah. Yeah. For For some reason, like, I guess we both got into aviation later in life and I've only been in it for about three years. So I don't know what a B-17 is or, uh, you know, all of these airplane types um, at air shows and things learning. But when you start to learn these names, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like the coolest thing that these women were flying these airplanes back before, you know, they were testing them for the men and it's just yeah. so cool to know the history of it just because I didn't grow up um, knowing a lot about aviation. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So one of the things um, when I was going through it, um, there was a, quite a few things, but one of the themes that I thought I kind of wanted to, to hit on were some of the women that were in the article I'd heard of, some of them I hadn't, and then there were books or TV shows that I've seen that really talk about that specific person or event. And I thought I like to read. So I thought I would share kind of what those books were. And, um, you know, at the time when you're reading, sometimes you don't really know how significant that person was or that event. And until you, you know, you gather more information and you learn more about that person or that time. And then it's just like, Oh, wow. I want everybody to read this book. I want everybody to see this, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm the yeah. same way. Yeah. So what about you? What uh, Talk about some of the things that you, that, or the people that really stood out to you and the accomplishments. Um, well, 
Uh, I think, you know, most people, when they think, you know, female aviation, they think Amelia Earhart. Like, that's like my first and only real knowledge way back when uh, of aviation. I'm like, oh, yeah, she was, you know, the cool pilot that paved the way. But it's crazy, you know, she did um, she did the Atlantic flight. Um, she actually didn't do it solo the first time. She did it with someone. Uh, she was a passenger, and then it was, I think, like four years later that she ended up doing the solo flight. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then she disappeared a few yeah. after that when she was doing the um, the other uh, around so, the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. She might have been the first. Was she the first Pacific pilot as well? I'm not really sure. Um, um, you have to look back see. to the yeah okay so first woman to fly across the atlantic as a passenger so the first woman to fly across the atlantic as a passenger which is really interesting first woman that was in 1928 yeah. um and then the first woman to fly across the atlantic so low. yeah uh yeah and then she so she flew the first uh, person not just male or female to fly from hawaii to california yeah, the Pacific, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, there's actually always, this, it's so funny how people are so intrigued with her story. Yeah. And, like, she lived on an island, or she, um, you know, there's all these, uh, I mean, just, it's an ongoing story. It's a right. mystery. Yeah. Uh, we like closure, you know, people I like closure. I want to know, like, what happened. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we didn't have Facebook back then. We didn't have the <laughs> online. Right. We didn't have, I mean, the mail was delivered through the air. I think that's one really cool thing that I love to read about is like the air mail and the transport system. And I don't know if you've ever seen one. I don't know what they called them, but there are these arrows. Yeah. On, like the markings. And yeah. those were like waypoints. Um to make sure that they knew they were still on course. Isn't that uh, crazy? You know, and they would navigate via like towns or, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember reading a book and they were talking about uh, navigating. Um, it was kind of like they tried to trick the women because it was a part of the WASP um, mm -hmm. training. And it was, uh, they tried to trick the women to go out to this, um, it was a lake. But the trick was, is it was a dry lake bed. So they'd have to go out there and a lot of them would run out of fuel trying to find it kind of thing. So they'd have to come back and they didn't find it. And so like their navigation portion of their class was failed. So oh. it's, it's just like, it kind of all links into this like airmail and, and their way of navigating. And I just think about like, we are so fortunate to be reliant on, you know, digital foreflight and maps and, you know, I, I kind of like to do the dead reckoning and like actually find like, okay, well, there's this lake that's going to be 10 miles to the right of us. And there's this town that's going to, you know, and I kind of like to do that, but yeah, we don't do that as often as, um, no. to back no. so no, those things are, and I know if you're, you're listening and you haven't seen them, you can probably Google it. They're, they're they still, some still exist. They're like giant arrows of yeah. concrete yeah. that were made to point pilots in the right direction. It was so bizarre that that was, you know, the way that it was done. 
how low do you ha think they had to fly? Like that's, those are the things that like, maybe it's like the ADHD kicking in, you know? <laughs> like, like how low do they fly? Era to era? Yeah, because like, you know how it is, like, you know how hard it is to find an airport sometime? You're like, yes. Where? Very. <laughs> very hard and i'm sure these arrows were not as big as like a runway i wouldn't think Absolutely. no they're like like a basketball like a free throw line kind of size i, I would imagine um so like how, how did they see these like i don't know and you know there were so much more trees and fewer like big cities and things that they were you know usually when you're looking for a runway you can tell from your chart, okay, here, this is where the city is. The runway is going to be north of that city. If you don't have a big city, there's nothing really to, to gauge it to. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, this is totally off topic, but I remember I had a cousin that went off to, um, it was in 91, I guess, Operation, uh, was it Desert Storm in 91? I believe so. And I remember him telling my uncle that there's this new thing called GPS. <laughs> That's just going to be, it's just going to change everything. And it did, didn't it? Like that they had it, the military had it and, and had access to it. And we didn't have a clue as to right. what that was. And now it's like, oh my gosh, what would we do without GPS? Well, I, I remember being like 16 years old and I wasn't, I didn't have enough money to have a Tom Tom or a, whatever they were called back then, like the little yeah. for your car. And so I'd have to like call somebody and be like, Hey, I'm lost in downtown Springfield. How do I get home? <laughs> yeah. There were all these one way streets and they'd be like, well, are you going North or South? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it's just like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, we used to, I mean, I would tell my kids, if you, if I was like lost, you had to stop and go in like a gas station and, or have a quarter and use the payphone. If you could find a payphone to try to get directions, write it down and have a map, you know, it was just like, okay, I'm going to go two miles, take a right by the red barn. And it was just so much more. Kids different than it is today <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway okay um well we digressed on that subject well, well, what, what's something that really stuck out to you reading this article um I mean I know I have a few things that kind of really stuck out to me but what else kind of well I mean I would say you know a lot of these I mean some of these things were just like oh my gosh I can't imagine being the first woman to do that and some of them just the first person, you know, like the parachuting and the um, flying a 60 horse Bobby Trout. Okay. In 1929 flew a 60 horsepower engine all night flight. Yeah. And so it was like a 42 and yeah. then she established the endurance record of 42 hours. Yeah. And three minutes like, what the heck? How, how could you, I just can't imagine. How do you even do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are, so, you know, I like to read quite a bit and I've learned a lot about these uh, women. A lot of people don't know, like Ann Murrow Lindbergh was um, really uh, instrumental in her husband, Charles Lindbergh's um, success. And they were a real team. Now he was a kind of an interesting person, but there's a book called the aviator's wife. 
that was about her. And she was a, a, a navigator. And of course, they had this whole story of their child being kidnapped. And it was just a very, you know, this family was had a lot of history going on. But there's, I learned a lot through books. And it was, um, so the aviator's wife was one. And then there's the English pilot, uh, Beryl um, Markham with West with the Night. That's about her career. She flew in Kenya. She was an author. And loved her story, uh, loved the aviator's wife, loved, um, okay, so the night witches, I actually wrote an article for the commemorative air force about the night witches and they were the first women, uh, combat pilots and they were in Russia and they had like Marina, uh, Raskova, I think was her name. They flew, I mean, these airplanes, they flew these biplanes, they were so in World War II because they really didn't, they weren't really technologically advanced and they were open cockpit and they were flying in the bitter, bitter Russian winters, uh, like couldn't feel their hands and, and would fly at night because the German soldiers wouldn't see them coming and kind of sneak in. And their story, The Night Witches, uh, there's several books about them that that I think is really interesting. There were like three of those women listed under the 100 most influential uh, pilots. So I thought that was cool. And then the flight girls talks a little bit about, that's another book that kind of tells a story of, of three people that were in Pearl Harbor, three yep. women. Yeah. Did you read that? Yeah, that was an intense book. Like I could not put it down. It was really, really good. And just their stories. And um, I didn't know much about the Wasp before that. And yeah, it, it was cool. Um, and then so Cornelia Fort was um, she was from Nashville, her family. She was a Wasp and she was listed in here. I can't remember what she did, um, but I saw her name and oh, here it is. OK, so Cornelia Fort. Okay, she was airborne with a student in Pearl Harbor when they were attacked. It was attacked, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, oh, yeah. my goodness. You see like, the Japanese, she's up there teaching a student and witnessing the, the Japanese, you know, coming in and starting to bomb and she had to hurry up and get down on the ground. And um, she went on to be a wasp and she was actually killed uh, as a wasp. And um, she's from Nashville, so I kind of knew a lot about her history. She was from a wealthy family. But she loved aviation and she loved flying and teaching students. And it was, I mean, that is a very interesting history with that, that pilot, you know, she did a lot. Yeah. When we were in Nashville, we wanted to go there because yeah. there's a little runway that's been closed down. So that would have been really cool. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's just those things that kind of get you like in, it gets you reading, it gets you learning. And um, yeah, I really totally. like it. Yeah. So one of the, um, I just finished watching this documentary on the challenger. Do you remember the challenger? I do. Yeah. yeah. I remember it like from then, but I remember, like, I know about it now. Um, I guess I did know about it then, but just. Yeah. So, you know, if you watch this documentary, it's on Netflix and it's, we had that teacher, that female, um, teacher that went up and there were some female, you know, astronauts that had gone up and, the, the space program was really kind of fizzling out. People just weren't that interested in it anymore. So they kind of were thinking of ways to get people interested and they brought in this teacher, but they did this amazing documentary on what happened. 
And um, I remember watching it in school. I was in junior high school and they rolled in the TV on the big cart and we watched the space shuttle launch and saw it explode. And it was just like surreal. Right. Couldn't believe it and didn't really know what happened in this, um, you know, how significant it was that she was on that flight and or that mission, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's another thing. I love learning about these people and then like having it taught to me through like books or um, shows. And then I really want to dig more. I really want to find out more. Get more of the like in-depth details, not just like, here's what happened. Yeah. And like get more into their lives and what it was all about. Yeah. I think makes me very curious. Yeah. What about you? I, you know, I, I've always been really interested in, um, you know, the different air, uh, airplane manufacturers and, you know, you hear, you know, Stinson and, and Cessna and Mooney and you hear all of these names, but to find out like that there were women back with these companies doing sales then and a lot of them were um, navigators, passengers, um, wives, family members, daughters, um, you know, so it's like, you know, uh, it was Catherine and Marjorie, Marjorie Stinson. Stinson, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, Catherine was like the first woman to fly mail. Um, and I, I believe she ended up leaving because she's like, I'm not going to deal with, you know, people downgrading um, me as a female pilot. So she ended up leaving and starting her own flight school and Marjorie was the um, chief flight instructor. And so like, you know, it, it seems like when women are faced with, you know, this wall of like, you can't fly, you're a woman, they find a new way. They just make their own flight school and make their own airplane, you know, yeah. like it's, it, and it's like they, they were there and um, Catherine Wright with the Wright brothers, you know, right. you don't touch about the sister because it's the Wright brothers, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, she was test flying and, you know, in, in the very beginning as well. So it's, you know, no, it's, we never hear about her. You never hear like, who the heck is Catherine? You know, yeah. right. It's just, you know, it's like, and I, I, you don't know until you start reading these articles and then, well, well, why does it not talk about her or, you know, and so then, yeah, I want to know like their family history and their story and what she had to do with it. And, uh, mm -hmm. I just, I just love that part of aviation and it's just made me so curious and it's, uh, women are just, we're kind of stubborn and if you're not going to let us do something, we're just going to do it 10 times better in another way. You know, so, <laughs> like the wasp were, you know, told that they couldn't be, you know, in the military, but they were, you know, essentially flying the planes for the military. Yeah. Flying planes that men were learning to fly, you know, and ferrying them and doing all of these dangerous jobs. Um but yet they couldn't be in the military and didn't get notarized for that till the seventies. And so yeah, I think that the cool thing, of, you know, one of the cool things about that is they didn't really care. No, they, they were just, so, yeah, they wanted to fly and they felt like it was the right thing to do for their country. They wanted to help however they possibly could. And 
it didn't matter to them if they were going to be recognized or decorated or whatever. It wasn't for fame or anything. It was for their country. It was, they wanted to fly. It was all of those things. And, and, you know, Aaron, and we had talked about how, you know, her grandmother didn't, you know, did these events with the wasp and everything, but she never went around bragging about being a pilot or doing any of these things. Um, you know, they went back to their normal lives and became moms and, you know, did their normal duties, you know, as a woman in that time frame. And, you know, it was spoke of again sometimes. So I think that's like now learning these history and just, um, how they kind of like, like we, we owe us being able to fly freely and openly to all of these women and air racing and, you know, um, Yeah, for them to still to go out and do it and and to think that we're still only 7% of the 1% of pilots, you know, it's 7%. I don't know why that is exactly. I don't know if there's just um, there aren't that that many women interested in it or because people ask all the time. Why do you think there's not there aren't many women in in aviation? And um, I think, well, I think there's still a lot of traditional, you know, role emphasis on the female that if they want to have kids, they're going to be, someone's going to need to be home and make sure the kids are taken care of. And that's traditionally the women's kind of role responsibility on the world. Right. But I think that's why I, I love this podcast and why I love doing this is there's so many careers and opportunities in aviation. It's just not, you're an airline pilot and you're gone away from your family. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you and me that have, you know, other things going on in our lives and we're pilots. There's people that do air racing as something for fun or a career on the side. You know, there's yeah. just so much to it that, um, you know, Patty Wagstaff, I mean, she's a total baller, you know? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Heather and, you know, just, um, Nicole has children. I mean, there's so many people that have children and have this balance that so you can be all of those things. And I think that's one thing I really want to push to, um, other females is that, you know, there's opportunity for anything as long as you want it hard enough. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And who else, um, stuck out to you? Um, was it, so Bessie Coleman was the, um, first African American period pilot, which I think is awesome. I don't know where the men were at this point, probably working, um, lots of hard jobs, but, um, kudos to her for being the first, um, African American pilot. Um, and who was the, who was the African American pilot that, um, ended up kind of starting, she was one of the first females that helped start the, what then was formed as like the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh Um, yeah. Um, what was her name? Um, oh man, I do remember that person. This is so bad. Um, there is this huge article. Oh, there's just all this information on, um, to uh, Martha King and, you know, she's the only woman to hold every class of pilot and instructor writing. Oh, which is 
Oh, that's okay, King's Schools. Yeah. Yeah. King's Schools. Like if you guys have not, I, I personally have not used their stuff, but I've heard really amazing things about their King School. Yeah. Um, so that's, um, okay. Um, so it was Willa. Willa was her name. Okay. Tell me more about her. So Willa um, became an instructor and she was one of the first women, she was the first woman uh, civil air patrol. Um, her husband was Cornelius Coffee, which I think is would make a really cool coffee company. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I saw that. Um, but yes, the, so they started their own school of aer aeronautics. Um, they were the first U.S. government approved school for aviation for, for black. Mm -hmm. um, the school ran um, the studies um, that led to the army to admit blacks to the U.S. Army Air Corps, and then uh, they be they began the Tuskegee Airmen. So I yeah. think that is so cool to know that history and that a woman was behind that with her husband. And um, yeah, yeah, that was such a support system. And um, so there's a. Um... Okay, so there's two, there was a woman, Geraldine Mock, who flew, she was from Columbus, Ohio, actually, and she was the first woman to fly around the world, okay. and she did it in like, a, and I went to actually to a talk in Cincinnati before COVID and everything hit about her, I didn't know a thing about her, Geraldine Mock in 1964, first woman to fly around the world in a Cessna 180. Okay. Named the Spirit of Columbus, and there's actually a book, a couple of books, 38 Charlie was the name of her airplane, and that was a book that she put together about her travels, and then the Jerry Mock story, and she was just a housewife wow. that learned to fly and had this goal that she was going to go around the world and um, in a single-engine airplane, and she did it. Uh, what year was that? Do you remember? 1964. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so back to the whole space thing, there is a, a documentary called Mercury 13 on Netflix. Okay. Um, that has, it's interesting. They had these women that they were putting through the astronaut testing and their own kind of program. And there were 13 women that, that made it through, but then they decided to end the program. Um, I believe it was because they didn't want to progress with female astronauts and um, Jerry Mock, no Jerry Cobb and then Wally Funk was the name of a couple of them and there's a documentary on Netflix about this this is interesting Wally Funk I met her at a women in aviation um, convention and she was okay one of 25 women chosen um, to undergo the testing she went on to be an FAA inspector and then she worked for the NTSB um, which I thought would always be really cool working as an investigator with the NTSB. I mean, it'd be interesting. Um, definitely because I'm kind of the person that always like what went wrong yeah. and why did this happen? And, you know, but at the same time, I think it would be very sad. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So do you watch those shows like air disasters and things like that where they do the investigations? I don't typically because I think, um, you know, I had uh, my air, my muffler come apart on my airplane and um, I'm lucky that I didn't take off with it because mm -hmm. it was coming into the cockpit. So uh, just stuff like that kind of 
makes me fearful that something could happen in yeah. black and that kind of stuff. So um, I've listened to some podcasts that um, the ATC is talking to the pilot and you hear them like, and it kind of talks you through like what they could have done different or the way that the ATC was able to help them or, you know, just kind of different scenarios. And, um, and I like those because usually they're somewhat better of outcomes. Uh, yeah. Or, you yeah. know, to walk you through it. So like, if it did happen, like what you could do to, you know, get through that situation. So I yeah. kind of do, but it also makes me very nervous. And then I get like a little bit. Start thinking about all things that go yeah. wrong. Yeah. 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 Really. So yeah. I do think they're interesting. I like to hear, but I've always been into kind of like the forensic science, like murder shows and where they go back and they talk about, <laughs> yeah, they break it down into how they figured it out. <laughs> and I'm always interested to hear Sometimes it's just like the littlest thing that could have been prevented or something that was said, the communication between two people that they were too afraid to speak up and not to clarify what they were saying that led to like this, you know, terrible outcome. And I think, you know, we need to learn from, from those kinds of things so that we don't, you know, we got to realize how important it is to be clear and like, we don't care about being um, hurt anybody's feelings. And you just got to like save people's lives and do what has to be done. If you have a question, don't be quiet, you know, speak up. And, and, you know, ATC is there to help you. Uh, anybody that is on the radio is there to help you. They're not there to criticize your calls or, you know, that was one thing I was really scared learning flying because I was at an untowered airport and then, you know, being on flight following just scared the heck out of me. And now I'm just like, you know what, you know, it is what it is. You know, you have to be more precise when you're getting into instrument flying. But by that time, you're getting better on your calls and, you know, precision. Yes. But yeah, um, I had listened to a podcast once about uh, this guy that was flying and he was like trying to get transferred over to uh, untowered airport, you know, he was on flight following or something. And, um, the, the tower, um, uh, ATC guy was, you know, like, Oh, can you make a left turn, you know, to zero nine zero, uh, descend to, you know, 2000 feet, you know, and, and the guy just was not doing what he was told. Like he would repeat it back, but he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so the guy, the guy, the ATC actually had caught on that he was a little bit, um, hypoxic or something being hypoxic. Oh. And so he's like, I need you to descend now. I mm. need you to, you know, and he, he's like, do you have supplemental oxygen? And the guy's like, yes, but I don't have it on. And, you know, and so the guy's like, can you put that on for me? Can you descend a little bit for me? Can you make a turn? You know, trying to get him to do step by step. And he saved his life. Wow. So, so trust, you know, it's like not, not every controller is going to catch up on that. So, yeah. you know, just, um, just things that you can kind of help yourself and got off subject, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah. yeah. True. Well, should we wrap up this one? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I was just thinking, though, I was writing down some of these books and some of these uh, videos that you can find online. I all, I think at the end of this um, on our YouTube and podcast, we will try to leave a link and some of these uh, on the last yeah. little blurb. And that way you guys can uh, know where to find these books and shows. And I I think they've become very handy, especially this article. So we'll definitely have to throw that in there. Yeah, Um, I agree. We'll throw those in there for you guys. And I hope that you've learned something today. Stay tuned for some awesome guests we have lined out for this year. Some giveaways, Uh, the videos. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to see this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, thank you guys so much for this year, and we hope to see more of you. Yeah, I'm excited. And thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Cockpits and Cocktails, and I'm empty. Are you empty? I'm empty. Yeah. Have a good <laughs> one. Good night. See ya. Bye.